Welcome to After the Act, a film podcast where we talk about movies and shows that we watch. We are your hosts. I am Randy, here with a little bird. And a little bird. We, hey, we're finally back recording. It's been a little bit, but we figured we'd bring the heat with a little change up, reviewing an entire season of one of our favorite TV shows out right now, Ozark. Season three. Really excited you guys, about this. You guys thought we were going to do the same shit over and over again. Mm-mm. Guess what? Mm-mm. Guess what? Ain't happening. That's right. We don't do that shit. We keep it fresh. Hell yeah. Tell your moms. Yeah, you can tell your moms about this podcast. Not about the other one, though. Um, what, you yeah. ta- what, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Uh, all hush-hush. Just like a lot of the plots in Ozark, you know, you got to keep a lot of that shit on the low. Otherwise, Helen Pierce going to get all up in that ass. But we'll we'll get into that in a second. Um, so I figured what we, we, what we could do, we can start off with our relationship with the series as a whole. It just finishes uh, third season. Um, so, Little Bird, what's your relationship with the series? How do you like it so far? Um, and then you can lead into your overall non-spoiler thoughts for season three of Ozark. Well, honestly, I can say uh, Ozark's one of my favorite TV shows uh, of all time, not just in the moment of all fucking time. Uh, Mm. And I will say this. When I first saw Ozark, I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, I believe the first season came out in like 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And I think it was per your recommendation, actually, that I check it out. Um, And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, And one of the things I found interesting right off the bat was at the time, your description of it was it was very similar to Breaking Bad in terms of tone. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's high praise. I, I think Breaking Bad's probably the best TV show that's out um, in, you know, right now and it at that time. So I was like, OK, well, if it's high praise, I got, I got, I got to see what it's about. And honestly, that first episode of the first season just sets the tone perfectly for everything that's to come in this in this journey of the the bird family um, as they do what they have to do to survive. And from what I understand, not getting into spoilers just yet, even though this, you know, this will contain spoilers. So what are you doing anyways? um, Yeah. It, the first episode is just in your face. It's absolutely brutal. It is completely honest about what it's going to be within the first five minutes of the show. And uh, honestly, it's, it's incredible. So I'd have to say it was a really strong start for me to uh, to watch the show Ozark. And I think with each season, it gets stronger. I think that uh, season one is still probably my favorite. But the other two seasons, two, and then the most recent three, is uh, so visceral and intelligent at the same time. You really don't see uh, how each season is going to conclude until it wraps up with a nice little bow. And then you're just like, oh, my God, that is that is incredible writing. Um and the great thing about each season, too, is that they conclude by fixing whatever issue they have for the for that season. But then they open it up perfectly for a new, like, ridiculous concept at the end of each one. So each season will conclude with them overcoming whatever issue they're having. But then it'll set something up in motion that is even worse. And uh, it just makes you want to come back for more and see you know, how the Bird family is going to get through everything. Uh, so, yeah, I absolutely love Ozark. Each season is it's unique in its own way. I think they're all pretty great. Uh, yeah, I can't say anything bad about this show. What about you? Yeah, 
episode one of Ozark back in 2017 felt like season four of Breaking Bad. I think that's how I usually described it. It just felt like you were already thrown into the climax of a series that by the end of episode one felt like something we've been watching for a while. There there were major, what seemed to be major supporting characters they were developing just killed in the first 20 minutes. And the family knows way more about the illegal stuff that Jason Bateman's character is doing than, you know, anyone did in Breaking Bad until around season three, season four. Um, it, it just really started off at that next level. And yeah, season three of Ozark definitely had me hooked. Um, I think season well, season one and two had me hooked, but season three was I think it's my favorite one. Um, they just take these characters and put them into these extreme places in their lives where um again going back to breaking bad when you, you can kind of note when walter white breaks bad there's a few different instances where he does it you know the first time he kills someone um you know out of self-defense and the first time he kills someone premeditated but you can have you have the sense that these characters have already been breaking bad before we met them but by season three they've broken bad in really unique ways um particularly the mother character um she definitely has this walter white-esque aura around her and jason bateman kind of has the same but maybe a more laid-back version of that and it's just it's a really unique show um in that sense it's definitely in the same genre as breaking bad it gets those comparisons uh, sometimes you know people don't compare that way uh, compare it to breaking bad favorably favorably but i do i think it's definitely one of those uh drama crime series that's going to be around for a while as long as netflix has the funding to fund it um it's even i know i know it got a uh, bateman a best director um, Emmy, I believe the character Ruth, the lady who plays her, she probably I think she won Best Supporting Actress um, in an Emmy a few years ago. Um, and that's all well deserved. The cast is fucking fantastic. I love the writing in the show. It's really sharp. Every episode leaves you guessing how can the Bird family possibly get out of this weird ozark environment drug cartel plot series that they find themselves stuck in constantly and it's definitely a a classic move of okay we're gonna die now probably our entire family what can we do so our entire family does not die and the way they get out of those situations or sometimes the way they don't get out of those situations um it's just really unique so season one's season one and two i have very little bad things to say about it it's just fucking enjoyable but season three to me they turn it up to a different notch it's it's devastating it's heart-wrenching um the woman who plays wendy bird i forget her name uh laura linney she puts on the best performance i've seen out of an actress this year i'm pretty sure um maybe some people in um the watchmen could rival some of her acting but Laura Linney puts on a clinic as Wendy Bird, particularly at the end of the season where it's just a lot of emotions to process. Um, but yeah, we can start getting into spoilers. But before we do that, any last non-spoiler thoughts on Ozark? Well, you forgot the the most important thing about the entirety of the show Ozark, man. You kind of touched upon it, 
but I just need to make it clear. No one shoots a no one shoots a titty bar scene better than Jason Bateman. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> Yo, that's he, a, that's his that's his uh that's his scene really like that that's what he's about. I feel in these last couple of shows we've seen him in. That's that's like the he's got like a whole vibe to it. Like he he's got some pretty some pretty modern music playing there. Like it's it's pretty bumping in every scene. So good job, Jason Bateman. You really did your homework on strip clubs and uh, how the best ones kind of operate so uh yeah good job good job i heard um two chains he changed his name to two chains because he dubbed jason bateman titty boy that's crazy yeah, you man. heard it here first people you get news on ata too <laughs> uh titty boy bateman <laughs> that's, his, name's, that's, his name's titty boy but he's got a few he, he's got you know yeah he had a few around um and on top of that the the last song you hear in this series is none other by RTJ. So that's how you know the series is fucking dope. Where in the credits they have Run the Jewels playing their latest single. Like And it's incredible because it comes out of nowhere. Like you're not even expecting it. Like boom, something happens and then all of a sudden you got RTJ bumping. And not even like an old RTJ song. It's like their most recent shit. So uh yeah, just there's so many little things in this show that are fantastic. But we won't delay any longer. Let's just jump right in. Uh, we'll start with you, Randy. Uh, just all-encompassing, what are some of the things about Ozark to anyone out there who hasn't picked it up yet that you can say you really enjoyed and like why people should watch it? Yeah, I think one of my favorite things that season one introduced, introduced us to was they knew they are already playing in the arena of the Breaking Bads of the world, of the wire of the world's. Of the Sopranos, because that's the genre, like crime drama. There are some of the most highly rated TV shows of all time are crime drama. For some reason, we like drugs and death a lot as Americans viewing television. That's our fucking jam. And we write, in general, really good conflict out of those stories. Um, So they already had a lot to live up to. But what I liked is that they didn't do the same exact formula that a lot of these shows end up doing where, again, for like a Breaking Bad or a Better Call Saul kind of thing, where a main character is doing something very illegal, like Jason Bateman laundering money to the cartel uh, for the cartel. And what I expected is, oh, his family doesn't know about this, right? Like he has to lie about it to his family. Isn't that what they're going to go the the route of? But no, like from the jump, his wife is already in on it. Like she's already known about this entire thing. Um, the only people they're really trying to keep it from at first are their kids and, of course, the law enforcement. But by the middle of season one, the kids know about this, too. And it was just really interesting because when you see Walter White in Breaking Bad trying to figure out how can I keep this lie um, plausible for my family to believe I'm not some kind of drug manufacturer and you see him struggle with coming up with some kind of story collectively uh, but a lot of times Jason Bateman's character Marty Bird he sees a situation like with his kids or with someone who's about to rob him and instead of saying some kind of lie to get out of the situation he just says oh yeah no I launder money for the cartel that's why you shouldn't fuck with me oh yeah money will launder for the cartel kids that's why i moved here so don't tell anyone like a lot of their moves were just like hey i'm just gonna tell you what i'm gonna do like what i'm doing 
And that and that way I kind of control the narrative. So like Marty in particular, he was very calculating in that kind of way. Uh, but then the show evolved to where they really gave Wendy Bird um, a lot of the Walter White characteristics. So like Marty is the one who kind of brought them into the laundering world. Wendy co-signed, says, sure, whatever. Um, but Marty, you know, he he has way more fear in this trade than what Wendy has by season three. Wendy is straight up Walter White by season three. She has very strong ego, but she's also very smart and very driven and has a strong personality. Marty also has a strong ego, but he's more withdrawn. Um, he's a little bit more... Uh, savvy in what he does at least so watching those two both be the kingpins in the family was a very interesting dynamic something you didn't really see with a lot of these other shows so i think the strongest the strongest point of uh, ozark is definitely just the character development just seeing them come from season one laundering money trying just trying to get by to season three of oh we're being kidnapped by the cartel and he's torturing us or like our kids are in, in immediate danger or the lawyer is going to kill my brother right now. The stakes are reasonably high and the characters get out of those conflicts in reasonable ways. So um, I just love, absolutely love these characters. The, the bird characters um, are two of my favorite characters of like the last five years, them and Ruth, Ruth Langmore, like, my spirit animal. I love her so much. I want to be her friend. <laughs> she's she's just that Langmore country, you know, bumpkin that bumps '90s hip hop, talks shit to everyone, um, but develops this like father daughter relationship with Jason Bateman's character. That's really touching. It's just awesome to see someone who has like this soft side, but also says something like, uh, <laughs> like when, when she was talking uh, to Wendy accusing him her of like killing her own brother and she is like like what you're gonna fucking kill me you fucking bitch wolf i'm like what who calls someone a bitch wolf or wolf bitch like that's amazing i love this woman that's that's a hot rap name honestly (laughs) the wolf bitch um yeah i'd listen to that uh but yeah these characters are fucking dope i just love them i i can watch them for another three seasons easily and maybe see them like actually run the cartel in the next season um, but yeah, the plots are crazy, but the characters are even crazier. Uh, what about you? What, what what really appeals specifically with you with these uh with these seasons of Ozark? One thing I I have to agree with you on like wholeheartedly that I just really think is unique about this show, and you know let us know in the comments section if there's another show that does this. But like you were saying, Breaking Bad spends a a significant amount of time, and you know to its advantage because it has wonderful character development, but. A lot of the show in the beginning is Walter White trying to figure out, okay, how do I keep this under under wraps? How do I not let my family know about this? Ozark doesn't waste any time doing that. The only time they really show you um, anything that has to do with things that occurred before season one is through like these very brief flashbacks. But everything they show you is not fluff. It's, it's essential, but it's not too long. So I love any story that just throws you into the action. Uh, It doesn't waste too much time explaining like, oh, well, here was the moral conundrum that the characters faced when they were trying to uh, figure things out. Was the main character uh, always this way? Like, no, Ozark 
puts you right into the action. That first episode, like you said, introduces uh, Wendy Bird's uh, love interest, who is not, you know, is she's having an affair with. And within, I'd say, the first 20 minutes, he gets thrown out of a window. I think it's actually sure Ray Liotta who plays him. Yeah. And it's incredible because you're like, oh, that's Ray Liotta. He's a prominent actor. He's going to have some shine in this show. And no, his only purpose in that show is to test gravity. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, gravity wins. But it's it's just such a great mood setter for the entire series. And there isn't an episode where you feel like, oh, that feels like extra fluff. Like, no, everything that you see is very essential to the story, but it doesn't it doesn't like dally. It just keeps going at a steady pace and it keeps upping the ante with every episode. So you feel that tension when you're watching it. You know, you're like, okay, well, this is an issue. You know, in the beginning is like, okay, how are they going to make this lie work that Marty created for them not to die, which is we can launder tons of money for you in these, in the Ozark or in the Ozarks. And, uh, you know, you, you know, we're too valuable to be expendable. And that's the whole first season. And you think that's stressful enough. But then the first season concludes with the cartel right-hand man getting his face blown off by Darlene Snell, who, you know, played by Lisa Emery. And you're just like, oh, my God, that's it. These these guys are dead. They killed a cartel member. And then the second season rolls over, and then they introduce uh, Helen, who is the lawyer of the Navarro cartel. And that just, it gets even crazier. Um, so... It's almost like a video game where each season they conquer some kind of quote-unquote boss, but it just leads to an even harder level. And uh, that's really prominent in season three when they encounter Navarro himself um, and the Navarro cartel. And let me just tell you, you know, you think the two people in the first two seasons, you know, Helen and uh, I forget the uh, the right-hand man from the first season's name, you think they're bad. No, no, no. Navarro is ruthless, and they do a really great job of showing that this season why he's the boss. And uh, it's, you know, these characters have every right to fear him because he's just this cold, calculating, no-nonsense person, very much what you would need to run a cartel in, uh, I'd assume, real life. Um, And it's just, it's incredible. And there's really something to be said, too, when it comes to storytelling, when you talk about rooting for the anti-hero right because you can't really call these main characters the good guys not at protagonists yeah they they're not good people they just justify all of their really terrible decisions by hey we're doing it so our family can live but they're not heroes by any stretch of the imagination they're just likable villains and you just want to root for them because they're the underdogs like you you know what they're doing is wrong but Compared to, let's say, the cartel members that they introduce, they're not so bad. But it's always good to keep that in perspective that I don't think anyone in the show Ozark could be considered a good guy or a protagonist. Um, But yeah, that's one thing I also really love. I love any show or movie that can make me look at someone who by any other means would be considered a villain or someone who is on the darker moral side of the compass and make me care about them and even consider their point of view. So that's uh, that's actually one of the biggest things about Ozark that I find incredibly charming. Uh, what do you think, man? Yeah, absolutely. These are shitty people 
um, who put themselves in this shitty situation and now they're doing shitty things to live out their shitty lives. That's just <laughs> this one domino has permanently fallen and they just can't find a way to pick it back up. So they just need to keep going deeper into the abyss of non-morality in order to keep their lives going because they kill people in this show. Like both Jason Bateman uh, and when, uh, and the Wendy Bird character, she like they both killed people in cold blood. They sell drugs. They help launder money so they can so people can be sold drugs. Like all these things are morally um, just non-negotiable. Like there's no way you can really justify that they're good people. And I think what I like most about that is that it shows how what they chose to do with their lives affects everyone they've ever met, essentially, in the show. Um, people who already had shitty lives in the Ozark, like Ruth and the Langmores, um, they already had shitty fucked up lives. The birds did not make those lives better. Um, by the time the birds were introduced, I think two of the uncles of the Langmores died. Ruth's father was killed. Um, and that was all really due to the influence of the birds. And the same thing happens with their children. It was interesting for them to decide, hey, you know what? Let's just let them know what's happening. We launder money for the cartel. That's why we're in Ozark, not back in like, Chicago. And it was interesting because you don't really see shows deal with that a lot. Like, oh, my mother and dad are part of the cartel kingpin uh, kingdom. Okay, cool. Guess I'll just enjoy my summer vacation. But you see how much it affects the kids, particularly the son, um, who at this point seems numb to every fucked up decision that could be made. Like when someone gets murdered or you know, like just someone gets kidnapped or something like that, he kind of acts like he's a weird hybrid of his both his mother and father where he has like that reserved demeanor that Jason Bateman has but I feel like he even has more of Wendy's uh I guess maybe assertiveness in her own emotional fortitude like someone will just die and he'll say oh okay well so what now do we have to kill them or do we have to leave what's happening oh this is actually a better way to launder money dad have you ever thought about this way this way we can do this and like he he it's he norm it was normalized to him that this is a life that he can lead he tries to help the family out with laundering money here and there with tips, like with his offshore accounts. And his and his sister is mortified at all of this. So in season three, what she did was just try to keep the parents honest so that she can know that shit might go down and that she can help at least protect her brother. So it's really interesting to see how these shitty peoples have influence for the worst, everyone, everyone in their life. Not to mention, we haven't even gotten into... Uh, the guest star of the season, Wendy Bird's brother. Um, what was his name again? Well, I know he's played by Tom Pelfrey. I forget what the character's name is, though. Honestly. Is it Ben? It sounds... Oh, it is Ben. No, you're right. Ben, it's right? Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben, great guest star in the season. Um, we're in spoiler section, but uh, you know he's not going to make it to a season four. Um, but that was just a great example of this. Wendy, she has his mentally ill brother who went out on his medication goes off the deep end very aggressively 
and to put that character in a situation where aggressive shit happens to people he loves all the time it was very interesting and he was like the shining example of how the show can just mold a character you like just meet um we see him fly off the handles at the first introduction of him like getting in a fight outside of a school that he was teaching in but throughout the season he keeps looking at his nephew and his brother-in-law and his sister with utter confusion because they're talking normally about horrific things like laundering money to the cartel uh jason bateman's character getting kidnapped by the cartel like wendy killing people in the past to keep her family safe and he loses it because he can't handle his family being this morally awful but even though he's right when he confronts people about that he puts them in worse situations which just sucks because the one character who's morally correct cannot survive in the hellhole that the birds created they're that bad of people that no one can really survive that black hole unless you want to become a part of it um, and i and truly I, think he's definitely I, my favorite part of the season because of that yeah and i truly think like with, with what you were saying that the whole ben arc is just so important, right? Because the first two seasons of Ozark, it's always them trying to figure out how to solve their problems, but also try to preserve some remnant of their humanity that they still, quote-unquote, believe they have. And so this is the first part in any of the seasons where they couldn't outsmart their opponent. They couldn't figure out a way to accomplish their goal. This time they had to pay some kind of price. And I think that was the lesson they learned this lesson or this season was that they're not always going to be able to be the winners. They're 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 going to have to take losses. And one of the things that was really like that implied that heavily was when Helen had that one dialogue with them about Ben and they were trying to excuse his behavior for essentially telling her daughter that she works for the cartel as a lawyer. And they were like, oh, well, Ben, you know, he's mentally ill, yada, yada, yada. And she's like, look, let me stop you right there. And I believe these were her exact words. She said, working for the cartel is is conservative by, na- by nature. And I hate to tell you this. There's no room for mental health in our profession. And that that when she said that, I already knew Ben's fate was sealed. But at the same time, she wasn't just talking about Ben. She was talking to Marty and Wendy on a very subconscious level, essentially telling them and making them come to the realization that they they are still in that business because they have they have long ditched that part of themselves that they thought still made them human or good people. They just haven't come to the realization of it yet. And I think the death of Ben really just serves that purpose is to help them realize just how terrible their their actions have become. And it was always funny to me during that season because he, quote-unquote, was the one with tons of mental disabilities. And even he could see that their humanity was gone. And, you know, it, essentially saying like, oh, look, this crazy guy, even though he's crazy, even he can see the forest from the trees on this one. And they can't because they're so blinded by their ambition, especially Wendy. Uh, Wendy this season just kind of goes off on her own 
Um, they kind of set it up in the end of the second season, but this this season just really is her time to show that character development where she just wants to win. She's very, very similar to uh, Walter White in that sense, where she just wants to be the boss. And there's several times at the end of this, uh, during the end of the season, where Navarro just reminds her that he's the boss and that she's there to do whatever he needs and not even like bat an eye. And he that's the bare minimum requirement. So she struggles with that this season. Marty even has his own personal moment where he has flashbacks of when his uh, his father was sick and he was playing this arcade game. And even Navarro comes to the realization that, oh, Marty's just like his wife and he's just like me. He's He just wants to win by any means necessary. And so that's the triangle that they, they find themselves in currently, which is they all have, you know, that desire to be the boss and they'll do whatever it takes. They all just rationalize it a little bit differently. But the reason they're still in that game is because they're all the same. They're all terrible people. Uh, they, they just haven't, they, they just took them three seasons to realize it. Yeah. And uh, I think it's only going to get worse with that conclusion uh, where Helen Pierce gets the bullet and uh, essentially the two of them become his right-hand people. So yeah, I really thought the whole Ben arc was just beautifully done. Uh, and it was actually, I think, the most tragic moment out of any of the three seasons in Ozark, especially when he was like crying in the car to his sister that he was sorry over and over again. And she kept asking him what he wanted to do with his life, already knowing that he wouldn't make it past the night. Um, that was just some some gut-wrenching stuff, especially when she was crying in the car and said, I, I don't know what to do. Because that was the first time where she really, like, they had no answer, no solution other than to, this person has to die, which is tragic, especially when it's her, her brother. And um, I just thought, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was definitely the, the most dramatic moment. And there's a lot of them in the show uh, of that season. Um, yeah. What about you, man? Yeah, it's um, yeah. Ben was definitely that sacrificial lamb to definitely show them the the price they pay to live this life. Um, even though you know they never said, okay, we're gonna do money money laundering, and then my brother's gonna die. They don't make those immediate connections. But I what I like about shows like that, Breaking Bad, The Wire, Sopranos and Ozark is that people pay prices. And even if at the time it seems like it could have been avoided by putting yourself in such a hazardous situation, stuff like that is what the costs actually are. Um, So I, you know, as soon as they introduce him as like this kind of lovable, but off hinged character that was related to the birds, I knew he was dead. There was no way he was going to survive in this environment. No way at all. And him um, matched up with Wendy Birds, uh, the actress who plays her. Um, it was beautiful. Th- those were the best moments in the series were those who just talking. The first tragic moment, at which I thought, like, oh, okay, they avoided killing him. Instead, they're going to lock him in a mental institution, which was their way out. That, like, I... It, I've rewound that scene a few times because I couldn't handle his screaming for his big sister to save him from going into a mental institution probably for the rest of his life. And the louder he screamed, 
the harder Wendy tried to block the noise from his ear from her ears with her own hands like that that broke my heart he was able to get out of it because of his relationship with Ruth who you know fell in love with him this season and vice versa um but yeah like you mentioned when they were having that scene in the restaurant of her just asking what he wants his future to be and like like this guy is just adorable like he he brought levity to this entire season he was the one who not only spoke the truth particularly when he was going off of his rocker but he was just a funny guy he was a fun uncle you know t- teaching his nephew about like hey like shouldn't he be using that drone to like you know nudge nudge spy on women and then <laughs> the nephew does that like oh yeah right i do like women again like not again but i, I do like women like like the problem with the kids is that they didn't have a childhood at this point so the uncle kind of brought that to them um able to just you know try to chase around girls or just go on shenanigans and drives but uh yeah that scene right before she just leaves him at the restaurant and once he sees i think nelson was the hitman of uh helen yeah like one like he just understands what just happened like his sister's not here he sees nelson and like you know he's gonna die and I mean, it's it's almost feels like a of mice and men moment, right? Where um, Wendy has to unfortunately kill Lenny, you know, the mentally disabled guy yep. um, from of mice and men, who spoiler alert killed this woman by I think like snapping her spine in half. But just like what George did with Lenny, realizing he cannot survive in this world without one causing more people harm, and two, you know, causing harm to himself that the best option has to be to kill him under this terrible circumstance. And the only reason why Wendy had to do that is because her kids trumped her brother. Her kids were in danger. Her kids were going to die along with her and her husband. It was, so it was really that unit of family or Ben. And she had to make that choice. And that's what they keep having to do every season is to make a choice between one shitty thing and the four people in her family. Um, and yeah, Ben was that example. Um, and I'm and not sure keep, what's going to happen. They keep losing season, things but. after every season too. Like they always yeah. lose something personal. So I, I'm thinking, based on the trend, by the end of Ozark, yeah. the show, a, a kid's going to get popped. That's my thing. That's what. Yeah, I think. either that or you know they all kind of lose their humanity completely, and they figure out a way to just be the bosses, which would be a great ending for me. I think I'd love to see that subversion where there's just no positive ending to it. It's just like yeah. We saw them going down this road, and this is the inevitable conclusion. They found ways to get what they wanted, but they sacrificed absolutely everything, and they became the very people that they hated or were trying to outsmart in the first place. That would be a great ending for me. Um, I, sure. don't, I don't know what your opinion on it is. Yeah, I assume that's the direction they're going. Uh, again, like they do take a lot of pages from Breaking Bad, I think, at least in the overall trope and framework. But, I mean... It's a good formula. Why break from it um, too much? Because that's what happened with Walter White. Again, spoiler alert for Breaking Bad. I'm going to spoil the fuck out of the that in these comparisons. But Walter White becomes the king of that industry. He becomes the king of the empire that he built. Um, and I really don't see Ozark not doing that same thing with the birds. I think this is season four is going to be the season with them conversing and acting with Navarro closer than ever 
And the end of season four is going to pit the birds against Navarro directly. And I actually think it'll, it'll happen pretty soon. I think by the end of season four, he's going to get capped and they're going to be pretty much on that level of Navarro in some capacity. Um, but I do think I, I kind of think they're going to lose another family member. Like I honestly thought they were going to lose Ruth this season because Ruth, again, I like my, probably my favorite character in this entire series. And she goes do some shit. What I love about Ruth is that she, yeah, she has this daughter father, like relationship with Marty. Like when he was kidnapped and brought back and Ruth felt like it was her fault because she told Helen that she could definitely run the business as Helen was trying to make moves to get rid of Marty. And when he came back, the first thing she did was cry and hug him and apologize. This is the same girl who killed her own uncles because they were trying to kill Marty. She cares about this guy, but the problem is the birds do favor their own unit of family way more than others. And so Ruth got her ass fucking kicked by the son of the Kansas City Mafia mob. And all the birds did was, I mean, they, like, J, like Jason Bateman's character, he was fucking pissed. He told him off. He, he cut off ties with the Mafia, which might as well be starting a war with them. But, you know, that wasn't enough for Ruth. Like, if that was, if that was um, their daughter, then they would have killed them all. But Ruth felt like they didn't see her that way. She was just right out of the circle. And they kind of lost her in their little pact they had there. She's now she kind of now belongs to Darlene, um, who already had Wyatt since uh, the beginning of season three. And I kind of thought she was going to be the one who's going to be the the bird loss. But instead, it was actual family. But I still think Ruth is going to be probably sacrificed. And I kind of think the son is, too, because he's he's off like like they kind of alluded to comparison to Ben. Yeah. They're like, you know, like you said, I was like Uncle Ben, but he had mental issues and they kind of skirt around it. And what they did to the boy, like the exposure of this laundering life, he's already kind of on the route to sociopath. Like he already detaches himself emotionally. And he's I don't know what happened. So what happened at the end of season three uh, with him? Uh well, he threatened he threatened Helen with the shotgun, right, before yeah. she had a chance to get on the plane with uh, Marty and Wendy. And he was going to shoot her um, because, you know, he was he was aware of the fact that she was responsible for his uncle's death. And he was so upset that his parents were just going to let it slide. So he went there himself. You know, again, you can see his character development from hanging out with the old man from the first two seasons. Buddy. Um, buddy. And uh, from there his relationship with Brent with Ben just kind of blossoms into to who he is now. And you could tell he's got, he's going to grow up to have that no nonsense attitude, which is why I agree with you. He's going to become a, he's going to put himself in harm's way because of that mindset. Um, so he threatens Helen with the shotgun and, you know, obviously she uh, tries to manipulate her way out of it by placing the blame on Marty and Wendy for Ben's death. And so she gets out of there. Um, and then at the end of that third season, you see him aiming the shotgun at a window. And we don't know if he's aiming at someone who's standing there or if he's just shooting the window out of anger at the realization that his parents could have done more to save Ben. Um, so we're not sure on that. But again, I felt like this whole season, uh, while very action packed, was really more about setting up 
new relationships and alliances for the war, the end game that's to come. Um, so you see Ruth quitting at the end of the season, and she, you know, reconciles with her but with her brother, played by Charlie Tahan. Um, and they just kind of, or his name's White in the show, they kind of rekindle their relationship, and she ends up joining forces with Lisa Emery's character, Darlene Snell, who just formed an alliance with the Kansas City mob. And that's, you know, you really like to see that pivoting of power throughout the show, right? Because at the beginning of season three, uh, Marty and Wendy, they have it all, right? They have the casino. They have the alliance of the Navarro cartel. They're working with the Kansas City mob. Things are going smoothly. But the beginning of this season is about their hubris and that, that part of their human nature that just constantly wants more and more and more. They tend to disguise the fact that they want to have an empire of their own that thirst for power and they disguise it with oh we're doing it for our family and that's one of the main conflicts of this season is that wendy bird herself isn't happy with what she has whereas marty's like this is it we we, we're we're efficient we're we, we have everything we need to stay alive let's not get greedy and go for more and she goes against it because of her nature and that causes conflict between her and marty because now marty due to his ego, tries to sabotage her and they create more problems than they solve. And they both get what they were asking for, which is where that old saying comes from, be careful what you wish for, because now they got what they wanted. They're in a very high position of power with Navarro. But now, as they saw at the end of that season where Helen worked for him for years as a loyal servant and he did not hesitate twice to blow her brains out in front of them, and, uh, you know, give them her title. Um, they come to that realization at the end with their facial expressions covered in blood. Beautiful cinematography throughout the whole show, by the way. Um, that they might have taken a bite out of more than they can chew. And I can't wait to see where that progresses next season. But uh, one of the things I also just absolutely loved about this season in particular, but just the show itself has this, is the vibe. This show has such a dark and unique kind of gritty vibe to it. I'd say it has an even grittier vibe than Breaking Bad because Breaking Bad has these like little bits and pieces of really great comical relief, whereas Ozark, I think, is much darker in tone from start to finish. So it's one of the things I really enjoy about the show. Um, like I said, Jason Bateman films and directs some pretty amazing scenes himself. Um, you know, at the beginning of each episode, when they show the logo for Ozark, they show four different images underneath the uh, the title sequence, which have to do with what's going to go on in the show. So I really enjoy the little details that they add to each episode, each season. It really just kind of breathes additional life into it. You really start to be submersed in the world of, of the Ozarks. And uh, that's one of the things I really love about the show. Uh, what about you, Matt? What do you think? Yeah, it's... um. I think what I love about the show, exactly what you uh, were saying before, is how they played with the dynamics of characters and power. So, um, you know, Darlene had the husband in season one and two, and they, you know, they already ran the cops in the city. So they kind of already controlled the little Ozark uh, town. Uh, but then the Bird family comes along and they upset that balance of power that um, Darlene's people already had. Um, and then you have this weird uh, three-way of the birds versus Darlene and friends versus the cartel. 
um, versus all these other unique little characters like the Langmores are thrown into the mix. And, you know, Darlene had an interesting role this season, too, because speaking like this shift in in dynamics and power, uh, once she lost her husband and pretty much lost use of her farm uh, since she sold it to the casino, um, she just wanted to be a mother. Um, And at the end of season two, in a really fucked up turn of events, she was given the baby of the priest character um, from season two as a means for her to, I think, not kill their son. I think those are the plot points that happened there. Um, And then the birds literally like sacrificed innocence to her, quote unquote. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, to you know, uh, speaking of uh, a wolf bitch, like Darlene is is that wolf bitch. Like her whole thing is pride. Like the cartel member calling her, I forgot what the derogatory white term they kept calling her that she hated. Uh, there was redneck, like a, I think it was like redneck versus something else that versus you know, hick. Yeah, um, or like a hillbilly, but she did not like that term, and she doesn't care about those consequences. She will kill someone. Um, and pure impulse due to that pride. Um, <laughs> she kind of reminds me in a way, in a like, she's a way better character and way more developed. But that one character in Breaking Bad, the the uh, the coked out wife of the other coked out dude who smashed her husband's head open with an ATM machine that uh, Jesse was trying to get his uh, drug money back from. Um, she just did it because that guy called her a skank. She killed a cartel member because they called her like a hillbilly or a redneck. And but now she's just trying to be a mother. So this entire season was like, okay, how can Darlene be a mother? And she sincerely just tried to do that. She in her own really fucked up way wanted to raise this baby. Um, also weird, I don't know, uh Freudian vibes with getting Wyatt as her new boy toy, who's I think he's like eighteen or nineteen in this in the show at least. He's old enough. He's old enough. Um, But, yeah, she had all these young people around her. And what I like is that Darlene, her fucked up uh, storyline was to be a parent. And she got that this season. Not with the baby alone, but she got the Langmores. At the end of the season, she now has the Langmores. Um, Probably completely. I don't really see that changing until maybe towards the end of the season four. So we have to let these dynamics breathe as they usually do um but it's going to be interesting to see how her the langmores and now kansas can fuck up the bird's life who now have to worry about working with the cartel directly yeah and honestly it again it all comes down to the birds having essentially won what they wanted which was peace for their family darlene was perfectly fine just raising a kid but because of Wendy's like lust for power this season, she goes and tries to get the kid back by forcing Darlene to attack her and taking her to court. She kind of you know, sets off this chain of events that leads to the end of season three and just sets up Darlene's wrath to go around and, and kind of gain these allies where the birds destroyed those those connections. She came and picked them up and joined them together for her, for her purposes. So it's really interesting how the birds have kind of put themselves in these positions. And I'm wondering how they're going to get out of this one. I don't see them getting out of it with any other way other than bloodshed, especially now that Novarro is backing them up. 
So it's it's going to be really interesting to see where things go from this point forward in the season or in this in the series. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah. and they also have to deal with the FBI. You know, that's the thing that they've been they've been audited by the FBI this season. So they're just kind of getting fucked on every single angle. You can get fucked. Right. Um, and, and who, like who's going to go? Someone's going to go down next season and easily there's going to be a casualty probably on all fronts. And Marty Subris is going to get him, right? Because he's trying to also, you know, brainwash an FBI agent to join their side. And yeah, the that birds can are only, bold motherfuckers. They're bold as fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to come back to bite them eventually. Like it has to, right? The law of averages states that eventually these these aren't these plans aren't going to work for them. It's going to backfire on them, and they're going to lose something very precious to them. That yeah. you know, even like greater than have. what they've already lost. Yeah, exactly. Just going to snowball from there. I agree, um, and I think that's another why this wild show's card. so great because you know they're going to get fucked in some way, and it's going to be they're going to do some kind of scheme that's going to partially work. But then the part that doesn't work is going to be devastating. You just know it's coming, and it's fun to try to anticipate. Right, and I think of the other wild card is the police officer, right, who is you know the chief of the the police force. At first, you think he's just going to side with, side with Darlene, but he gets out of helping her uh, this season by doing her the favor of getting Ben out of the mental institution. Uh, but he also doesn't side with the birds. So I'm actually really curious what role he's going to play going forward. He's kind of the wild card for me. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but one of the, the biggest questions that I'd like to ask you, not only for this show, but you know when we do more TV show reviews in the future, what was your favorite part, I guess all-encompassing favorite part, of this season in particular for Ozark Season 3? Uh, you know, best cinematography, action, suspense, you know, whatever it may be. What was your favorite highlight? It was definitely that uh, penultimate episode where we talked about before, but that's definitely the best one where we just see these two great actors, um, Laura Linney as Wendy Bird, and I don't remember who the, the actor who played her brother, but those two... Tom Pelfrey. just Excellent. Those two, they, they just took us to a master class of watching great acting. Um, there's just such great sensitivity to uh, his mental well-being that conflicts directly intimately and dangerously with the conflict that the birds have put themselves in all he wants is for ruth his new love to be okay he wants his sister to be okay he wants his niece and nephews to be okay and jason bateman to be okay but there's nothing he can do that he tries to do that can actually help wendy is incredibly smart and every time Ben tries to do something like call the police in the parking lot of a Walmart to maybe, you know, get him protection because he'll be arrested at least or something like that. Wendy seen five steps ahead of that and knows immediately that those are all just terrible ideas. And just watching literally Wendy's face uh, just break down over and over again every time Ben is it Ben? He does something that will potentially destroy the family. You can see a part of her just 
leaves her part of her soul just leaves every time because she's just getting broken down into what she inevitably has to do in getting her brother killed and literally the acting the acting is hands down the best part um of the series it's i just haven't seen i think that acting was on a higher level than anything i've even seen in breaking bad and i still consider breaking bad the best show that's ever been made um, and a lot of that comes from the writing from Vince Gilligan. But the acting in Ozark season three on episode nine, that was what won me over. If nothing else could for a season four, whenever that would happen, it's that acting. And I can't wait who to see who they put uh, Wendy's character up against next because she dug deep and I don't know what dark places she had to take herself in reality to get herself to perform like that on set. But I can't wait to see what Laura Linney does in season four. Fun fact, Laura Linney actually murdered her brother in real life. That's where it came from. That inspiration. See, there you go. Uh, method acting. There it method is. Method acting. Um, I, will, I will agree with you, man. That was definitely some of the most powerful moments of the entire show, uh, in the entire series. Uh, one of the things I really liked about Ben was he helped them realize things about themselves that they had forgotten. Again, he was kind of, you know, reflecting the parts of them that were still human. Like, for instance, that one moment in the car where Wendy and him or Wendy's trying to make him escape or help him escape so that he doesn't get killed. They're eating fast food and just talking. And Wendy's like, yeah, I, I can't I can't beat this Helen woman. She's just smarter than me. And, you know, Ben, even though he's having a mental breakdown, he's like in a great big brother fashion. He's just like. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. That just sounds like a cop out to me. And she was just like, yeah, I guess you're right. He's like, yeah, you, yeah, you're smart. You're smarter than her. You can do anything, which just adds to the tragedy of everything that's to come. But he reminds her that she can outsmart Helen, which she ultimately does at the end of the season. So I agree. Her and the dynamic between her and her brother is just amazing in this show. But for me, I'd have to say my favorite moment was actually the introduction to this season where they just show the conflict between the cartels in Mexico and how they go to war with one another because it's a very brutal reminder to the audience that while the birds are playing these war games from the comforts of the Ozark, things are much worse in Mexico. Like They, they are involved in some heavy stuff that they may be aware of to a certain degree, but they're certainly not aware of the level of brutality um, that they can become associated with by being in this business, which I think is where season four is going to head now that they're part of Navarro's like main posse. But just to see this random scene in the beginning where this Mexican uh, cartel member is approached in a uh, in like a, uh, a front that's like supposed to be a store. And he just goes and he stabs this guy in the hand and then like slits his throat while he's screaming. And he comes in and just shoots everyone, burns all the money. And then he puts a bomb in the middle of a crowd of innocent people and it just detonates. And he just does it ruthlessly. Um, I think that's what I enjoyed most about this season and Ozark in general. And Ozark's pretty amazing for many reasons. But to me, this show does a fantastic job of just showing just how horrible people can be you know, how selfish and ruthless they can be when they want something. And I think that's really the main message of this show, uh, in my opinion. 
So yeah, that's definitely my favorite moments of Ozark, yeah. but that's it's a just a, it's a fantastic show uh, to anyone wanting to check it out. Um, I mean, I, I, I would say nine on a 10 easily for me in terms of just shows of all time um, and a rating. Um, so it would, it would definitely be my top five for top shows of all time. And I definitely give it a nine out of 10. What about you, man? Let's see. I would give this season three a nine out of 10 easily. I think overall, I'd probably give this series an 8 out of 10. I think that's where I am with it. I think it's easily probably in like my top 20 of shows. Um, but that's only because my f- the best of the best of shows are just that much. I mean, they're just kind of perfect to me. Like Breaking Bad, um, Arrested Development, this, you know, those seasons of The Wire that I have watched. Um, I think Ozark is heading in that direction. I think they're like, if they keep up the level of of quality acting and writing that they did with season three in particular, um, then I, I can't see season four five and six, not also being masterpieces. I think season two had moments where it kind of got a little convoluted in plot, um, just enough where, um, it kind of lost a few points. Like maybe I give that season two, maybe like a seven out of 10 season one, like a eight out of 10. Um, but season three, 90% fresh easily. Um, and I'm really excited where they're going to take this next. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed talking about this full season. This is actually the first time we've talked about a TV show um, in the ATA reviews we've done. So we're definitely going to do more of those. Um, any other final thoughts of Ozark and the like? No, man. I, I honestly, people just need to go and watch this show if they haven't. It's it's absolutely pheno- it's phenomenal. And now is a good time to kind of take your time and get into it due to you know recent events around the world. Who knows when season four will come out? Uh, so yeah, just just dive into it little by little. Just really enjoy every little bit and piece of this show, and you won't be disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. HBO has some uh, quality stuff out there. You know, the first five or so episodes of Watchmen, beautiful. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. Barry, I think the next season's coming out. We'll probably talk about that when it comes out. You have a lot of things to work with when it comes to these newer television shows. Um, exciting times in terrible circumstances, at least for television. And we even have the next show we're going to review, which is uh, The Outsider, which was on HBO. So Jason Bateman's also in that, doing his thing, filming more strip club scenes like a boss. Yeah. Titty Boy Bateman. uh, Long live Titty Boy Bateman. Everyone check out Ozark, but that'll do it. Um, So stay tuned next time, where we'll probably be talking about The Outsider, the other HBO drama we just mentioned. But you can find more of our reviews and projects on MalumPictures.com. You can find us on After the Act on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere where you typically listen to your podcasts. Um, If you're interested in us bullshitting about bullshit, you can check out our other podcasts, The Magic Conch Podcasts, also on Spotify. You You can find all those handles on Facebook and Instagram. And we've recently started doing some gaming on Twitch that we then edit the videos onto YouTube at Malum Pictures. A lot of shit. Just go to MalumPictures.com. Check out all of our work. Uh, Stay classy, friends. Titty Boy Bateman for life. Titty Boy. Peace. Peace.